All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. Welcome back to The Big MIG, and I'm your host, Lance Miliacho, and my co-host, George Valentin, as always. We're here, tip of the spear. Uh, If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. George, I know you want to do an audio check, as always, with the audience. Do you want to uh, go ahead and do that real quick, and we'll get started? Yep. Check, check, audio check. Let's see how we're doing. Lance, you're good. Let me see. Big Big Mafia, we always need you guys. We love you guys, our listeners and loyal subscribers. Uh, I'm like a kid at Christmas. We're good. We're good. We're good. Let's (laughs) rock and roll. Let's get this show on the road. I don't know if I could be any more excited tonight. I've got to, I'm going to have to calm myself down because I'm actually really excited about this interview for uh, for many reasons. Um, look, it's been it's there's a lot going on. You guys know that. Uh, the biggest thing, George. What do you think about the old mugshot backfiring? <laughs> Listen, you know what? I keep saying maybe if they indict Biden, he might go up in uh, the polls. Maybe, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, How many, I don't, you know, actually, I feel like if they indict Biden, that one will actually go the way that they wanted it to go with Trump. I'm looking yeah. at what's going on in the urban community. I've been looking across all the platforms. You know me, I'm always scouring all day and night looking for that next great story or that next piece of information that I believe America needs to know about because we want to give you the truth. We always want to give you the facts. We want to bring the receipts. But I got to tell you, the urban community is on fire. I mean, they are talking about all kinds of stuff. You know, top gang leaders are talking about their unified uh, behind Trump. He's their OG. And, you know, older women. We're talking about grandmothers just putting up videos on TikTok going viral, talking about Trump and what an OG he is. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of them. George, your thoughts on that? Tell me. On what? On, uh, listen, all the OGs <laughs> coming out, Lance. I mean, look, it's time to hit, put the hammer down and start getting things done. That's it. It's plain and simple. Enough's enough. I mean, they want to, what, Trump, they want to put him in how many court cases? There's not even enough time to to handle a court case between now and the election. What are they thinking? I don't know. Well, you see the dates they're picking, right? They're all trying to get him so that, you know, he can't run. Their whole whole strategy is they've got to figure out they can't beat Trump fairly. They couldn't beat him fairly last time, regardless of what everybody thinks. We know the truth. America knows the truth. You know, everybody knows that the big MIG show is always about unification. It's one giant uniparty. I don't trust either side. We're supposed to be a country of law, not of men. They've weaponized and politicized our judicial system. And I'm telling you, America's had enough. And I think what's really going to be interesting about our interview is that she's a political psychologist. So I don't want to take too much longer. As everybody knows, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is joining us tonight. Uh, Like I said, she's a political psychologist, a Republican commentator. 
She's under contract with the DOD, one of 12 people tasked with observing social media and providing the government feedback. I hope I have those numbers right. She'll probably correct me because she's, she's very <laughs> detail-oriented. So if I don't have that right, she'll come in. Listen, she's an she's internationally recognized expert in strategy and leadership. She's advising FTSE 100 and Fortune 500 executives for over 30 years. She's also a nationally uh, a nationally awarded power lifter, which kind of surprised me. I talked about her backstage with her for a few minutes. I want to have her discuss that a little bit. She's the author of a book that I'm really impressed with called Quiet Desperation. It's the truth about successful men. And what I think is so intriguing is that she interviewed over 4,000 male executives. And these were 43 in-depth profiles spanning over two years. And I can't imagine... I'm just going to say this without her being here yet. I can't imagine the egos she had to get past to get those interviews completed. So my hat's off to her. I don't think that could have been an easy task. In 2014, she took a sabbatical from her role as managing director of the pre-sage advisory to assume a leadership uh, role as the worldwide vice president directing the 51 Republicans overseas country chapters. And she was the chair of UK her whole focus at that point was focusing on the 2016 U.S. election. She, she's a writer, and this is even more impressive for Breitbart, Newsweek, Telegraph on Republican politics. She's been a contributor on BBC, ITC, Sky, CNN, CNBC. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And I've got to tell you, uh, I, I think Courage, she might have to change her name to Jan Courage Halper Hayes. I'm not sure that we're not going to have to go down that lane, that aisle with her. But listen, she's been living in the UK for 22 years. And by the way, I want to point out, it is midnight in the UK. She has stayed. Yeah, I was going to say that. To I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, be patient, yeah. everybody. She's yeah, staying up late. Exactly she's right. staying up be late gentle. for all of. She's <laughs> staying up late for all of you. But I want to bring her on. So, a um, power lifter. You know, big things come in small <laughs> packages, and here she comes. She's woman on a tear here. Welcome her. How you doing, Dr. Jan? Welcome to the Big oh, Meg Show. I'm doing well. That intro was just superb. Oh, thank you. At, you know, what? George tries to take each one of our intros, and I, I, I was going to give him an attaboy on it because he takes our intros for every show, and he spends an hour or so tweaking it with some of the newest music. We get permission from some of the people that are putting out the most patriotic editions. Unification is our priority. God, country, family, that's our goal here on The Big Meg. So, yeah, George, I want to give you one of these. Thank nice you. Nice job, brother. Well, you know, Dr. Dr. Jan. Hold on, Lance. Wow. Dr. Dr. Jen, you know, in those intros, I try to take certain pictures with certain words to, you know, to match up and hopefully people identify. Like, I just got a two-year degree in psychology and um, social science. So, you know, I try to bring the message. Hopefully people, you know, sit in their brain. But Good for you. You went back to school? I did. Yes, ma'am. Bravo. Thank so, you. And it comes in handy for the interviews. Of course, we're, <laughs> we're up against the long grain with you. We're not going to be able to use some of our normal techniques. But listen, yeah, I want to say something. I want to thank you for America first. You gave an incredible amount of people hope recently. I know that's hard. And we discussed it previously. I, I, and I, and I want to get quote somebody. Uh, and this is from Winston Churchill. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And that's what we're here to do tonight. And uh, I just want to say our hats are off to you. We appreciate what you did. That meant a lot, your interviews over there in the UK, uh, because it gave people some grounded 
factual hope in what's going on. So God bless you for that. Thank you. Thank you. It really was God's doing. Um, I, uh, my family had a tragedy about four years ago. And for four years, I kept saying, God, give me some strong direction. You know that I'm only motivated by being able to make a difference, but I don't want to go back and run a company. I don't want to go traveling. I don't. So then what happened to me is we have this incredible roof terrace um, of our building. And I was sitting up there and I was just praying and I looked up at the sky at this cloud. Now, when I was three years old, my favorite book was this kid's Bible. I mean, I was, the spine of it was gone. But my image of God is a man with white hair and a white beard. And I am telling you that that cloud looked exactly like my memory. And I got the shivers. And I just was thanking God and then please guide me. And I had to stay up all night for that interview because I work U.S. hours. And I was too afraid that if I went to sleep, I'd miss my 6 a.m. pickup. <laughs> so I just stayed up all night. And I have been um, on that breakfast show before. And what came out of me one is that normally I try to sit there and be a good answer person to their questions. And I never watch my interviews, but I watched that one and I realized that I threw their first question back at them and that changed the dynamic and it just opened it up for whatever God wanted me to be able to say. And I really feel that it was God speaking through me to bring this on. You know, Dr. And Jen, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. Um, well, yeah, I'm willing to fight. I am a fighter. That I am. I know. Well, I have to tell you, you you've been critiqued over on YouTube half a dozen times already about your body language, your facial tics, and... <laughs> I had a bunch of training on that years ago when I was a contractor, you know, Halliburton, Wackenhut, G4S, Sabre. Uh, I worked for a lot of different operations, different governments, contractor, not military, but I did do some military contracting here for the DOD and the DIA. Um, people said that every part of the way that you looked was confident truthful, believable, high level of integrity. And even myself, because we constantly critique interviews and we look at people's body language, we look at the, the microfacial tics, all the rest of that, uh, 100%. So if it, 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 I would have to say that God made you incredibly strong that day and allowed you to really drive home the message that was part of his plan and your plan. And uh, you, I mean, that was a, you were, that was a red pill moment for many, even the people that don't want to believe that something's going on. Uh, you've been referred to as an outside operator activated. So, Ooh. you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> take that take that for whatever it can possibly mean. I think it all means good. 
Uh, you know, a, a lot of people are wondering, you know, what I want to, when I want to talk about is one thing is have you go into some of your history with the government? Cause I, I saw you being an advisor on the transition team. It seemed like you came in. Can you give us just a little bit of background on that and the DOD contract? And then I have a couple questions about the DOD contract and then we're going to show a quick clip part of your interview. Go ahead, Dr. Jane, give us some of the background. How did that happen? Where did it start? Um, well, uh, gosh, what was the first part of your question? You keep on talking, and I missed it. So I was listening. <laughs> How did you get? Where did you? Right, where did you but, the but was, start? Oh, my relationship with the government. Yeah, the um, U.S. government. Right. Uh, it's it's always been in between there. But you asked about the transition team. Yes. And what um, I put together was. In the Department of Commerce in 1982, Ronald Reagan created the Baldrige Award. And that Baldrige Award has rarely ever been given to any division or department of the government. But there are 600 volunteers. And so based on the criteria, I have used that Baldrige framework for a lot of my consulting and you can reduce costs. There's so many things that people are told to do policies and procedures that make their life difficult. And then also you have to make these reports that no one reads and you can go through initially and clear out at least 10% of it. But I had put a plan together for a very innovative way in which we could reduce 10 to 15% of the costs in all of the agencies and bring people together. Um, that is a very simple part of it. But what I loved about it was that we already had volunteers, 600 that were part of this Baldrige team. And even if only 300 wanted to do something for Trump, we wouldn't have to pay for consultants and they had already been through the process. And from all my years of consulting, your credibility comes when they know that you know what they're doing and what they're up against. And it, it would have been fantastic. There was a little bit of a uh, political thing of who was in charge of innovation and it, then other things happened and it didn't go further, but I would really love to reignite it in 2024. Gotcha. So when did your contract, the DOD contract that you had, is that still ongoing? Is that something that was going? Can you tell us a little bit about that? If there's any details you have to leave out, leave them out. Um, it, it is ongoing. Um, I think in my early days of my career, I trained an enormous amount of people in leadership and management. And so it just so happened that there were a couple of people that I had trained years and years before. And um, they contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, let me try it out. Let's, we kind of, worked around it so I could figure it out because I also still have private clients. And so how am I going to juggle all of that? And 
it worked out fine. And in fact, because my experience is in change and strategy, I know how to look for what the obstacles are, the barriers, who's putting them up, how they're happening, what would be the thought process of those people receiving that kind of information. So I couldn't be happier that I just get to analyze all the time and think and then go back to some of my research and look at that and figure out how I could possibly recommend that we create a crack because the only way that you can really get through to the normies and I'm talking the ones that just say fake news and Trump's awful and you know they, they <laughs> just repeat they just repeat those things yeah um, well it was really hard to even try to get in the mind of a very progressive liberal because they have been developed, educated, our university system, our school system, whatever, and they operate from either an ideal how life should be or how they want it to be and what is wrong, not how it could be better. They don't look at that side of it. The other thing is that Everything is subjective. The schools, their education taught them not to use their reasoning, but everything is also self-evident. They revalidate themselves as long as the herd is saying it. And the third part is that if you give them any information that doesn't gel with them, they'll reject it all the way to needing to annihilate you. I mean, there is just such a strong resistance there. I think we need some kind of traumatic event or something that's going to trigger them. And the fact that McCarthy this weekend was talking about impeachment, well, that just might be the start, but there needs to be successive ones. You know, many people talk about black swan events and what those are and the impact of the psyche of the American public. For our listeners, what she's talking about, which I think is really important, is sub it's being subjective. So subjective is based on personal opinions and feelings rather than on facts. So we deal with that constantly online. George will put a post up. Next thing you know, here comes the bots or the organized troll accounts. They'll attack him on some facts he has. He'll put up the facts. He'll actually put up actual documents or pictures. And then they're still in denial. It's as if the new information can't penetrate the barrier of thought. But I want to show that video of you on your interview next. But I wanted to say one thing before I do that. Can you, because I loved what you did and I'm going to, I want you to do it. Can you give the listeners the Disney comparison of conservatives and liberals? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if we're at Disney World, the conservatives will be on Main Street. They'll be on in Frontierland and Adventureland. You have to go to Fantasyland and Tomorrowland to find the liberals. <laughs> George, you like that one? <laughs> that, that's, that, it, that literally is it and what is so frustrating. Because they don't have a basis for reality. And and any information that doesn't gel with how they already think. But there's something else that I want to say, and that is 
it, it's been it's been a blessing and it's been wonderful the kind of hope that I have given people. But what I want to say to them is that we operate on our intuition and our bodily responses first. I guess the best way I could explain it is that it's like the car and our reasoning is like the driver. And so the driver doesn't know which way he's going to turn, where he's going to go, what the plan is. But the fact that really all I did was verify for people that what they had been seeing and thinking was right. And so I just want them to trust their own intuition and their reaction, their bodily reactions more because there are going to be so many different conflicting things coming out that their intuition will keep them clear. That's incredible advice, but you can't minimize the importance of what you did. I'm not going to let you do that. And here's why. It is a confusing environment between the mockingbird mainstream media and that's been focused what since the 1940s you look at the way they've weaponized it against the american people to create these narratives and as a new you know as at first it was radio when it was print print and radio then here comes tv then we're looking at the internet and we're looking at these things from a combination and they've and they continue to tweak it and perfect it and they do such an amazing job to take an unauthentic lie and perpetuate it in a manner that even the most hardened individual has to go, wait a second, do you think that's maybe true? I mean, George and I deal with this on a constant basis. George, I wanted to check your audio too. A minute ago, I wasn't sure we could hear you. No audio, George. Check, check. Oh, there you are. You're back. Okay. So George and I deal with this constantly. So you can't minimize the validation of what we call bringing the receipts, the validation of a fact. And let me do this before we jump too far into this. George, play that little clip of her, would you, from her interview, just so people know. I like to always give background facts of why we're talking about a specific topic. Wait, I got to put this beautiful picture up first, Lance, because we can't pass Oh, yeah, that is a beautiful picture. She's very good. Look at that. There you go. There she is, standing with President Trump. I don't know, who's the lady on the other side? I'm not sure who she is. My, my best friend of 42 years. Wow. Okay. We okay. didn't know who that was. We tried to look around. I couldn't find her. But I'm starting yeah. to see. A, I'm starting to see a pattern here. Do you like purple? Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to see some pattern recognition here in purple. Yeah. Although you, you didn't wear purple in your interview, George, go ahead and play that clip next. That's a great photo. You're very lucky to have that. Not everybody has one of those. We well, it, it was a special event at Mar-a-Lago uh, in March for uh, about 500 of his top uh, donors or bundlers, and we could bring another person. And I thought, if there's going to be anyone else in that picture with me, it is going to be my best friend of 42 years. That was uh, an incredible gift for her and for you. But I think, you know, what a nice thing to do. Well, her husband was really ill and I wanted her to come down and just have a little bit of a break. And it was wonderful for both of us. Ready, Lance? I'm going to pull up this video. Ready? Here we go. And the thing is that, you know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. 
They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war. That he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get. And the thing is that, um, you know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war. That he really felt that the people needed to see how Hmm. bad it could get. And the thing is that... Here we go. Yeah. So... Obviously, that uh, and I and, and what's interesting about that interview for the listeners that haven't seen that interview, and if you want to find it, you can find it. I believe on Dr. Jan, you still have that up on X. I believe you can also find it on our promotion. I stuck those links down below if you want to listen to the whole interview. We've got pieces of it, but it's nine minutes long, and we wanted to focus on the details. So let me ask you this: Do you believe like do you feel like the research you did for the DOD was mostly white hat driven? No, it's feel- white hat or black hat. I don't even go there. What I'm really looking at is what is behind the messages that are coming out and what makes people think or react to them and how, how much are we getting through to some people and what are the obstacles that we're facing that we've got to fight against. Yeah. And, and that's that's the battle that we're in every day. We always talk about unification on this show and why we need to unite as a people. I always say it's the people versus government, just like the founders had imagined for us, you know, in this grand experiment. It was part of their plan, the framers and founders, what we're supposed to have. And we've gone very far away from that. So as a political psychologist, what do you think the public perception is across the board? You can do it in percentages about the 2020 election. What do you think they really oh. believe? Oh, I think I think we're up there heading to 70, 75 percent believe that it was a fraudulent. Mm. Hey, yeah. Um, Dr. Jen, I have a quick question. Since you're you're contracted with the DOD, um, do you have security clearance? And if you do, what level? Well, I have basic security clearance and i always say that security clearance is like living in a silo so that what you have clearance about and someone else is on another task force you can't talk to them you can only talk to the people on your task force about Mm -hmm. the information so um you know uh i'm i'm pleased to have it but uh it actually it's not that important for what I do, really. Occasionally for what I hear, but not for what I do. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's interesting. Hmm. So uh, what triggered the viral reaction to you was first the interview, which I pounced on immediately. I started searching high and low for your contact information. <laughs> I went in, I went into rabbit mode. I was just like, I got to find her contact. And I started digging everywhere, reaching out to all my resources. But what really triggered it was once the interview went up and everybody was already talking about the interview, here comes Donald Trump posting the interview. George, you want to throw up Media 3 so the listeners and subscribers can see what we're talking about? Sure. Boom. So Donald Trump, exact quote, Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes is fantastic. 
Not, by the way, easy to get that kind of a compliment from Donald Trump. Every, everyone has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap who got taken apart by her. Thank you, Don Jr., for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see witch hunt. Now, well, and we also owe to General Flynn. I mean, I, exactly. Wait, wait. Yeah. Here, hold up. Here's General Flynn. Boom. Double down. <laughs> <laughs> Such a clear presentation of what we're facing and what will likely happen. Our freedom must be guarded. General Flynn. Powerful. That was, that was powerful. And, and what it did was that it reduced the amount of flack that I've been given because it told everyone that the three of us think exactly the same. And it's true. And that, that was a gift. Again, a gift from God. Dr. Well, Jen, hold on, Lance. Hold on. Dr. Yeah. Jen, there's uh, been some, I'm going to say, patriots of, as of lately that been on the, um, they're attacking General Flynn. Well, they used to support him. Now they're attacking him. What's your take on General Flynn? Tell these people well, what they don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, there's, there's been that, that's been going on for the past three years. And, you know, I, I think that if somebody, has to say something bad about someone else. It often it often can be a projection, hmm. uh, or it. Go ahead. <laughs> I think by George's reaction, he liked that answer. <laughs> I, the you know fact, what? The fact Good. is that you have to look at not only what General Flynn has been through by the government um, his entire career in the military. I mean, I love the fact that he's been with his wife since they were like 14. I mean, when do we hear that in, in this <laughs> world? You know, and um, people are going to try to discredit him. Now, the only thing I would say is, is somebody charged with discrediting him so that they can fool other people, but I doubt if that would even be a strategy. I think it's meanness. I think it's resentment. It's the same thing as the the men who are vehemently opposed to Trump personally. I think it's because they didn't succeed where he has. Most definitely. I, I have to agree that jealousy is a is a, is a, a dangerous uh, personality trait. And I have to tell you, I know Mike Flynn very well. He's a better human being than I will ever be. He's a better man than I will ever be. I strive to be the kind of guy he is because I teeter on dark and light constantly because my thing, I've always been kind of a break glass guy and it's hard to change after being a contractor, you know, and working on different continents and, and, and participating in things that probably in retrospect, I never should have been a part of, but he, and he I don't know if you knew this. He has three PhDs. Were you aware of that? Yes. Well, he is a great human being and a great man. And I, when people attack him, I'm, I'm insulted. And the problem is now on X, I'm having to, because of the shadow banning and de-boosting algorithms, which I've already been dealing with that, I have to restrict what I want to say, Dr. Jan, because I want to go right into attack mode when they go after uh, uh, General Flynn. <laughs> well, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, 
he he is a an oracle. He is giving us wisdom, and we need to listen to it. Man yeah. of God, I, he's a man of God too. So, you know, for people, so for me, this was this was an immensely pivotal segment. This this interview, you know, it was on British TV, and. She, you you had such incisive analysis of the act of 1871, which if you noticed in our intro at the very end, I the banking act, I talk about the Rothschilds. For the people that don't really understand how important it is, that, that was a legislative measure that would wield, you know, a profound transformative impact on the trajectory of the United States of America. And that was a decisive shift, right, in the history of the United States. I don't know that everybody understands the corporation, you know, and what was transpiring under Ulysses S. Grant during that time period, right? That District of Columbia Organic Act of 1871. And Dr. Jan, you brought up some stuff that that many people, the Q, Anons, and many people have come up with the documents. You actually have them on your X feed, which is uh, about the bankruptcy of the corporation. George, I know you have some input on this. What did you want to? What uh, did you want to bring? Up? I do. Um, well, that one document how, is that from, from my understanding. From when we're looking it up, that document is not authentic. I don't know. I'm just going by what some of my researchers have done. He's talking but, about the stock certificate. Do you? Feel no, I'm like not talking about the stock certificate. I'm not the oh, stock the certificate. Document? Yes. Yes. Um, actually, actually, someone responded to me that they had already seen it in Tallahassee, and that it is exactly the same. Okay. I mean, I where it's highlighted is the person that gave it to me highlighted those things, but they're filed in Tallahassee. You can check it out. Interesting. George, you want to play Media 5 so we can get the basis of where we're going down this rabbit hole right here for people? A rabbit sure. hole that I, I actually believe in 100%. So here we go. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election, is that Biden is a legitimate president, but he's a legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say, how did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. Now, let me say. You want to tell us a little more about what you were talking about there? Clear some stuff up and explain how. Yeah, England, I'll be happy to. Um, what happened during our civil war is we borrowed a lot of money from France and um, the city of London, the bankers from England came to our rescue, but the deal was that the US, they would create a corporation between the Vatican, the city of London and the crown and the US. The US would be the military the finance would be the city of London and the bank would be the Vatican Bank. And we were locked into that for 151 years. A good percentage of our taxes went over there. And it is something that has been running the world, the cabal, the bankers, 
have really been running things. And for Trump to go against them is, you want to talk about courage? You want to talk about a warrior? You want to talk about someone taking on the people that have been most powerful financially? Um, that That was it. And we needed to get our freedom. So technically, we never really got free of the King of England or the Queen of England, mm-hmm. even though the city of London is in essence a country unto itself. The Vatican is a country unto itself. And the District of Columbia is not, not part of the United States. Mm-hmm. They have their own constitution. They have their own ro- laws. And I think the fact that Trump included foreign and domestic, but DC's foreign. So he didn't really have to include domestic in there because Dr. anyone who did anything in DC will. 100%. Doc, yeah, Dr. Chan, question. You're talking about um, the United States, the Vatican, and the UK. Is there a document that shows the interaction between those three entities? Is there any documentation on that? Oh, yes. Um, I can post, hmm, I think I have some things that I can post, but yes, of course, there's documentation on it. All right, and then another question we have, another question we have from um, viewers is, how is DC foreign? Can you explain that more in detail for everybody? Okay, so DC was centered off and basically made their own entity with their own constitution. The US constitution does not apply to DC. They don't have any representatives and they operate on their own. The 10 mile district of Columbia, George is considered I know a federal 10 miles. zone. So the subject matter is different. The subject matter jurisdiction of DC is different than the United States. So, and the, so, and the, uh, so all the people that are living, living it, all the people that are living in that inside that district are, are not, uh, protected under U.S. Constitution? Well, they're American citizens, so they would be protected. But um, in terms of the Constitution for that district, it's not the U.S. Constitution. It is the Constitution of the District of Columbia. And, and here's an interesting statistic, George. Have you ever heard the saying, "Let's don't make a federal crime out of it? Everything within the federal zone of the 10-mile District of Columbia, if you were to urinate in public, if you were to make loud noises and they thought it was disruptive, those are all federal crimes. The jurisdiction, the subject matter of it is, they have unlimited jurisdiction. It's kind of like a territory of the United States, Puerto Rico, Guam, North Marianas, those those territories in the United States are unlimited federal jurisdiction and they're not covered by the U.S. Constitution because they're considered federal zones like the 200-mile district of the water. Yeah, no, Thank I know. It's, it's like uh, like an organic act, as they say. Correct. So, you know... So, wait, you, you is Guam Bonara Constitution? Is Guam Bonara Constitution? If it's a citizen, not Guam itself. They don't yeah, get to... It's, it's interesting because when you start going down this, it gets extremely complicated. But the truth of the matter is it's specifically subject matter jurisdiction. And they've orchestrated it like that. 
That's why the federal crimes are using the uh, uh, the Commerce Clause, because they're trying okay. to extend the federal so, zone past the scope of true federal zones. All right, so how does that mean it's foreign, though? Because it is a separate entity country unto itself, just like the Vatican City and just like the City of London. It is Correct. a separate charter. Correct. But then the people inside it are U.S. citizens. Right? And citizens of other countries. We've got embassies there and everything else. Yes. No, I'm talking about like, you're talking about like, we're talking about like Guam, Washington, D.C. They're, con con they're considered foreign then, correct? I'm not sure I would bring Guam in there and, and attach it because they, I don't think they're connected. The District of Columbia is in essence its own entity, its own country. Gotcha. All right. So isn't the Organic Act a function of the Constitution? Oh, now you're starting to ask me technical questions when I'm a shrink. <laughs> she's a shrink. Not All right. Not, <laughs> but listen, I want to move along here because we got a lot to cover, George. Yeah. And th this will take more. She's going to post up some documents for you guys after the show. Give her a couple of days. Let her get it up on her feed. Let's talk about the executive order to combat election interference. But let's really talk about... The, the mistake of the D.C. federal indictments and what that's done for Trump and his 5D chess game. Uh, you went into this, and I want you to share with our listeners about that and maybe specifically in that strategy some of the stuff about the DOD and Space Force, about what they actually have. Well, I couldn't tell you how excited I was when Jack Smith made this wonderful, wonderful <laughs> The fact that Trump can subpoena people, subpoena information, is exactly what was needed because, as I said in the interview, think about Edward Snowden and all the information that he had and he released. And if you think our military just sat back and let our election happen. If the New York Times gets tallies of votes live, you think the military did not put everything together? You think Trump with the executive order of 13848 didn't plan and put things in place ahead of time. He wrote it on September 12, 2018. And okay. I think one of the reasons was that he knew and the military knew that the Democrats tried to cheat in 2016. They never expected Trump to get as many votes as he received. I agree. So yeah. he, knew, he knew that 2018 would probably bring that about again. And so he prepared really more for 2020. And I just love it when people go, oh, Trump can't be reelected. Look, we lost 2018 and we lost 2020 and we lost 2022. And I'm thinking, no, we didn't what really. We didn't really. And we've got the goods and Trump has waited, I mean, talk about the patience of a human being to work with this kind of forethought for so long. I just have 
so much admiration for him for that. So he didn't Lance, hold do on. Any of it? Hold on, course. So 2016, we know we um, the algorithms couldn't keep up with the Trump voting. Then after that, the Democrats got smart and they started introducing ballot harvesting, fake ballots, mules, and well, getting us that. Well, they were doing that beforehand. Right, They've but been now doing they. This, yeah. Yeah, but now we they're just really know about it more. Right. Now yeah. they're really up in their game. And then you have also Republicans, Rhino's Uniparty, that are in on it too. So let's I want to ask about the executive order. Two things. One is if the military and not not I'm a shrink, okay? No, yeah, I know. So I mean, why do you think that if the military had all that, they didn't intervene? And then now this is from a psychological point. Biden extended that executive order. I don't know if you knew that. The question is oh, why? He has okay. to. Every two years, he keeps signing. And in fact, he keeps reinforcing Trump's executive orders. And when, when his followers find out that he has just been signing continuances on Trump's executive orders, that's going to be a shock. That's going to be a real shock for them. So he, he extended all of Trump's executive orders? Everyone? Anything? It, I can't say all, okay. but the important ones, he, has, he continues to extend. In fact, um, the one about the military, um, he extended that, and <clears throat> in it, um, he put... Uh, uh, what's his name? Secretary Austin in charge of things. They haven't let Biden into the Pentagon. You know, they've kept him away from all of that. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, George, I want to answer one thing for her because she has a quote that even answers why Trump didn't or the military didn't. No, I, I know. I, we're going to play he that. got but the I want goods and Trump yeah. knew if he presented the goods early on, we would have a civil war. He really so, felt that people needed to see how bad it can really get. So, Dr. J. Absolutely. You can't tell people. You have to show I mean, them. We're still trying to tell people, and that doesn't get us anywhere. You have to show them. They have to live through it. They got to touch that hot stove, Dr. Jan. So, yeah. explain <laughs> again, and why does Biden have to, let's say, um, Executive Order 13848, why does he have to um, keep extending it? Well, he doesn't have to, but he does. So the question is, how come he's not fighting it or not extending them? Because he's not in charge. You got that, folks? You heard Biden's it. not in charge. Yeah, and I agree with that. There's just too many too. irregularities to the operation of what's going on, and there's too much stuff that absolutely makes no sense. The key to it is are things like what we're presenting tonight here. Uh, and, and people have to really grasp. It seems you're like, oh, come on. You have to look at the details. And the truth is that executive order that George just gave you the number on, if you look at the executive order, it would literally make zero sense for Biden to renew it because he's guilty of everything that Trump put in that executive order. Why would you sign something that you were guilty of and extend it? It's because he doesn't have the ability to not do it. That tells you that he's not in control. You know, 
I want to I want to get this because this is I actually have some input on this next one. But so during his Trump to visit the Queen of England, Trump conveys the message to the Queen that he's going to drop the hammer and he's going to bankrupt the U.S. corporation. He's ending it. He's going to dissolve it. And he says, we're going back to being the sovereign republic we're supposed to be, right? The grand experiment that our founders and framers wanted. And that ties into the next thing, which, which I told you that I had a little bit of information on this. Those, tell me a little bit more about what you know about the 650 planes of Vatican gold that was removed from the Vatican. Which, by the way, I have to say that if you looked at the Pope's face, you could tell there was a lot more going on. Because he was one unhappy SOB in those photos with Donald Trump. Well, and I'm seeing Donald Trump look happier. I mean, <laughs> really. I mean, he's yeah. just glowing. Such he loves gold. That, that's, that's about all I really know, that it took 650 planes mm -hmm. to bring the gold out of the Vatican Bank. I had a friend of mine that was actually, uh, he's an ex-contractor friend of mine that I actually worked with overseas. And he, he and I interacted on some other topic, and he told me that he had just come back from operating for that event, and he confirmed that he was running security with 30 teams, that he was actually operating 30 different teams that were running security for those planes. And if you see uh, during that time period, there were some videos that got put out where they were shuttling back and forth between the airport uh, not only did they have long, long caravans of black SUVs, but there were lots of trucks that appeared to be underweight. You could see by the axles. He told me that he saw the pallets. It wasn't necessarily obvious that it was gold because of the way it was wrapped. But the fact was the pallets seemed extremely heavy that he saw getting loaded onto the C-130s. Right. So. Yeah. Interesting. So, Lance, can let's you, ask you a question. Yeah. I want to see because this ties into yeah. the um, banking and money. Are you familiar with, with um, the terms Nasera and Jacera? I am a bit, but I don't feel comfortable talking about something I'm not fully briefed or an expert at. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Those are two topics Sorry. that I'm still unsure of. They seem, uh, although I understand there's a lot of stuff going with the SWIFT code and ISO and what's going on with BRICS, and there's a, there's a there's there's definitely something going on globally with the currencies and digital currency. I'm still not a believer 100% in the Nasara Jasara plan, but I do want to understand what you think Space Force's role because I'm always concerned about SISA. You know, and I'm always wondering, okay, what is Space Force's role with SISA? A lot of people don't really – so SISA is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency for our Lance, listeners. Lance, hold on. You yeah. know what? We're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break, and she's going to oh. answer those questions when we come back. So everybody right. sit tight. We'll be right back Space in a few Force, minutes. Space Force, Cyber Command, when you guys come back, do not go anywhere. <laughs> Oh, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. 
Because of all of you, MyPillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling Go Anywhere MyPillows with the same temperature-regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand-new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two Go Anywhere MyPillows Regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now. You are in danger. They are watching you. Big brother, big tech, and hardened criminals, too. Today, everyone is being tracked, then profiled, analyzed, and your information used against you, sold to the highest bidder, or just outright stolen. Even worse, the coming AI state, artificial intelligence, is now watching you like never before. Without privacy, you have no freedom. Every patriot, every American citizen believes we are a government of the people and by the people, not the other way around. So the time to act is now. Reclaim your right to privacy with Alias ID. Learn more at aliasid.com and try these powerful and proven tools that deliver dependable results, backed by our $1 million privacy protection guarantee against data breach. It's all yours, risk-free for 45 days. You have nothing to lose but a lifetime of privacy and freedom to regain until Big Brother and Big Tech changes for the better and forever. The Welcome back story. to the Big Mig Show with your host, George Valentin, Lance Miliacho, and our special guest, Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes. Welcome back, everybody. So We're back. Dr. We're back. Hayes, I... Uh, Dr. Janet, quick question, two questions. Uh, this is from our viewers. George is getting, just let me clear this up, George is getting lots of questions that come in in our chat. So that's how you're getting these shotgun. Dr. Jan, those are coming from all the listeners and subscribers. Yeah. So. We want, we want, you know, this is our show is for everybody who wants them involved. So first question, why did Mike Pence play Benedict Arnold? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, is the one to blame because he was always a never-Trumper and he really convinced Pence at the last minute not to send them back for 10 days to regroup. He, Mike Pence... Uh, Everything he keeps doing is a total mess up, a total mess up. Let's and say like, that again. People. <laughs> and, uh, I, and, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for him because he doesn't, <laughs> I do, because he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. I call him, I call him Judas Pence is my problem. And I, I have to be honest. I don't feel bad for him. Well, you know what I feel I bad either. for? I feel bad for the American people, us patriots and everybody. Everybody, both well, sides. I feel bad, well, not for Pence, though. Of course, of course. You, you have to admit, though, as a psychologist, there were individuals around Donald Trump 
that that I never felt comfortable with Mike Pence. I never felt comfortable with Jared Kushner. I never felt comfortable with Mike Pompeo. I never felt comfortable with either any one of them because their body language, their behavior, Bill Barr made me cringe every time I saw him open his mouth. You know, you always say, you know, we, we have to trust our intuition, trust our gut. I heard you say exactly. it on many of your interviews. Exactly. My gut and intuition on those four individuals was cringe. To the point that, you know, had I been there, I, you know, and I, it would have probably never worked because Donald Trump made the decisions he made. But I'm so concerned. Like, I love, as an example, I love Laura Loomer. I trust her. I, I trust Roger Stone. I trust Mike Flynn. I feel like those are the people that Trump should pull into his inner circle. And I'm always worried, you know, Dr. Jan, and maybe you can shed some light on this. I'm always worried. Where does he get the advice for some of these choices? Are they Are they driven strictly by him or has he made these choices because advisors have told him to go with these people and are these advisors you know people working in as a black hat or behind the scenes or that have a different obviously objective than what trump's objective was which which was to make america great again he's got bad advisors lance bad advisors uh, I I, i'm not sure i agree i just want to go back to one thing about pence i don't like saying very many negative things but what he did to general flynn that <sighs> is enough for me to have zero respect for him. 100%. You know, I agree. It, it, me too. It, I yeah. can't go back. So okay. All right, next question, Lance. Oh, Hold on, next question. The, back to the, the people. And I know he gets accused of hiring duds. And I think he strategically brought in people that didn't exactly think like him. I mean, look at how many military guys were chief of staff that he had to fire, but he needed to smoke out. He had to smoke out the information. And unless you put those people in that think mm. that, you're not going to get the kind of information and be able to have the insight into what's really going on. So I don't view it as duds. I view it as very, very strategic because they didn't last long. And so people think because he had to fire them, oh, he didn't pick the right people. Oh, no, he picked the right people. He brought in the right people for each step of how he had to uncover things. So is this part of his 5D chess game? Do you believe this is part of the 5D strategy? Uh, I, I think there are so many layers that it might be even more than 5D. That, I got gotcha. you. I mean, Going up to seven. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go Maybe with that. Maybe 17, 17. You asked me about Space Force. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about Cyber Command, Space Force, and the cyber election surveillance that was going on. And I and I I want to know something that I don't know if you know this or not. Is 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 the Tesla network their new network? Do you think that's part of their? Do you think Starlink is part of their infrastructure there at Space Force right now? Is that part of the whole strategy? Well, you're going to technical things that. You know, I have no idea. Gotcha. I mean, I can only go with what I've read and heard. But uh, again, I withhold any affirmative <laughs> until I know for gotcha. sure. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. I respect that. I like that. Well, tell us about Space Force, what you know, and where this well, all ties in. All the communications 
from all of the military are under Space Force. But you brought up CISA. Now, when CISA, quote unquote, verified it was the safest election ever, the fact is their panel, their advisors of 17 people who are not employed by the government but are the advisors to CISA, included executives from Smartmatic, from Dominion, and so uh, what else are they going to say? <laughs> exactly. And eventually, CISA came out and said, well, maybe it wasn't, but it took how many years? Two and a half years before anyone from CISA came out and said that maybe it wasn't the most secure election. Mm. Mm. We know... No. But yet, that but yet Trump, uh, yet Fox News paid Dominion off their stupid settlement. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Not one of their smarter moments, in my opinion. You know what's going you know to happen? Fox News is when Trump wins and shows it all. They're going like, wait, can we get our money back now, traders? <laughs> the same thing. Can you get a refund? going to ask, or is Fox making slow payments? Um, are there installments for this amount, or did they write, you know, one? Can you stop, you're saying, can you stop paying? Can I stop payment on that next check, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut the transfers off. No more. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, it, 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 and everybody has said that they have all the goods, but again, the reason they're not releasing it, and this is for our listeners, is civil war. We haven't woke up enough people yet. Everybody's like, oh, there's enough. They're never going to wake up. At the end of the day, they're really trying to stop that. And I do believe there's a lot of truth in that statement. And But these black swan events, they're going to get the rest of the people to convert. Do you think Hawaii was a black swan event? Do you think that was one of them? Oh, I'm hearing so many different things about Maui. You know, I don't know. They're saying that there are incredible tunnels in there. I just saw a video today that they're putting up like this black screen fence around there. The National Guard is around. You can't stop your car to look. Something's going on, something. And mm -hmm. we don't know yet, but it's important. This is why I say trust your intuition, your reaction. For example, uh, I just read today that a teacher in Georgia was fired for reading to her fifth grade class about a book of I'm purple or something like that, transgenderism, and she got fired. Then, hallelujah, and then Illinois hired an art teacher, and it was only once parents complained because this guy um, posted in social media that he's sometimes psychotic and sometimes manic, and, you know, he does bad things. And, you know, the school didn't check ahead of time. Are we told that when people are hired, they check their social media? Uh, well, I mean, I would think that normally background checks and social media checks have become standard, right? They hey, Lance. Search. Lance, so real quick. Dr. Jensen. What I'm saying is that we get clues like that that tell us the tide is changing, and we just mm. have to watch for them. Um, gotcha. Since you're talking about transgenders, um, bring up Lance's theory. What's your take on um, Michelle, a.k.a. Mike Obama? 
Well, I have a picture of him when he was him. Um, so, uh, and I've seen his uh, voter registration until Obama was elected. Uh, he always registered as Michael. That is what we need is Obama's birth certificate and something about Michelle coming out of the closet and admitting that she's not Michelle or she is Michelle now and she was Michael or whatever. Uh, I remember when, when he was first elected and she would wear the sleeveless dresses and everyone was admiring her arms. Oh my gosh, look at those arms. Yeah, well. Well, it's because she's a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but here's you know the what's deal. funny though, and, Lance. And they say, by the way, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a power lifter, George. She's seen extremely fit women. I know. And she's looking at she's looking at Big Mike. My argument is is that's why this whole transgender movement is going on. They're trying trying to normalize it, right? They want to normalize it in case more of that's disclosed. And that's why I can't think of another reason. They're less than one percent of the public, even with the DEI, you know, in, in, inclusion that's been created by all the financial institutions i just can't think of another reason why they're pushing that agenda go ahead george i didn't mean to cut you off no, but you know no, how, uh, how strongly i feel about that i know so <laughs> dr jen you've seen recent um about was it obama's um was it his diary or woman that was yeah I, yeah i mean that came out too that, that he, friend and in and the right. biographer came out and said that he told her he fantasizes about sleeping with men well, there you go. So that coming out, Michelle Obama, Michael Obama, it all seems um, too much. I want to go right. to PEDS. I want to talk about PEDS, George. I want to talk about presidential emergency action documents. Go ahead. Here's my take. I think that Trump took advantage of the COVID-19 emergency declaration, and I think you agree with me, Dr. Jan. What do you think, how many peds do you think are in play? Because peds have always been this thing. They've always been uh, proclamations and messages to Congress that are prepared by a president, you know, to exercise or expand powers in anticipation, I think, of a range of emergency hypothetical worst case scenarios. But in this case, I feel like maybe part of the pandemic, part of it, was the opportunity for Trump to use these little known classified documents as planning papers. What do you think? Well, I haven't really gone there because uh, I'm too focused on Fauci and Peter Daszak and Ralph Barrick and the fact that Ralph Barrick patented the SARS-CoV-1 to infect human lungs in 2002. Um, I think that Trump he at one point said this is a hoax of course if anyone listens to him you know then he's the crazy one instead of but we listen to him and we know what he's saying um he had to do a very strategic thing to outsmart them i don't know when he found out that Fauci had gone to just a low-level person in the White House in 2017 to get the gain of function um, reignited. Um, But you know that he had to have 
done something because this was a much longer term plan. I mean, read the Rockefeller Foundation report of 2010. They say they need a pandemic and they need a world war. That's what they're driving us for. That is the way they, I don't think they wanted to launch the pandemic that early. And one of the things it, it's, I've known Nancy Pelosi for my gosh, 40 odd years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she used to be very different, I have to say, because she and I worked together, Republicans and Democrats, to bring the Democrat National Convention to San Francisco. And who this person is now, I, I don't even understand. Same with Dianne Feinstein. She used to be a conservative. Wow. You know? I agree. And, and I worked on her mayoral recall campaign. Um, I didn't think that one group could write a ballot to subject a politician to have to go through that all over again. Um, but I, I, I think what we're looking at is something that is far more sinister. They're very upset that they failed. I can always count on Nancy Pelosi to fail as well. She's been consistent with everything she tried to do because she was hoping that she would be president, but that didn't oh, really God, happen. Please no. Thank God, Thank She actually Lord. does exceed in her drinking, though, in her ice cream. Her ice cream and her drinking, she does very well and exceeds in that. She does have good taste in ice cream in her $15,000 freezer. She's definitely, she goes for the Mm. high-end ice cream. And she is, I have to say, she's pro-level on her vodka intake. You know, I I was, the the day I heard that they had put in a uh, liquor store that I think actually serves drinks and bottles of liquor inside the congressional halls, I thought, Nancy Pelosi is just, this is the happiest day she's had in months. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, something else um, that I can say, I lived in San Francisco for 20 odd years. Hmm. And in, in my youth or my younger years, when I was dating, um, I would have a very good gay friend of mine, take me to the gay bars at night. Hmm. because I wanted to see what men played straight by day. (laughs) But we're truly gay by night. And uh, I can tell you, there weren't that many for me to date in San Francisco. Well, I want to tell you something. It's funny. I lived in San Francisco for a short period of time. I worked for a company called Tasha Corporation. I lived on. Did you see him in any bar? Did you see him at night, Dr. Jen? Did you see Lance at night in any of those bars? She would have she would have never seen me at night in any of those bars, George. But let me tell you something. It's funny you say that because I lived on Flying Fish Lane and I was always working a lot, but I would go out at night and the amount of men that would hit on me and I'd have to constantly tell them, no, I'm not interested, not it. But but the truth is, I was shocked that, you know, you, you have this you know, wrong perception in your head. I was from New York. There'd always been a gay community when you went to nightclubs and bars. I'd been at Studio 54, the Limelight, the Red Parrot, you know, Private Eyes, all the clubs back then. And uh, I I have to be honest with you, some of the guys, you, 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 if you'd seen them walking down the street, you would have just thought for sure that guy, they look like all American straight guys and here they are at night and it's a whole different vibe. So that doesn't surprise me. But France, San Francisco was an interesting place. I love the food there. I used to go to Scoma's on the wharf. Food was great. And I always loved going to the tea garden. Well, it it's really but, a shame that it's gone so downhill. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. It was a pretty city at one time. I Sometimes I wonder if it's an intentional uh, attempt to drive down the real estate so some of the yep. REITs can go back and buy it at bargain basement prices and then uh, obviously make a killing in the long term. We obviously know there's a lot of financial things going on behind the scenes. So uh, listen, uh, I guess a couple of things I'd still want to cover that I want to make sure. So a lot of people were curious as to why the court cases, and you did a fantastic job, that's why I want to have you do it again, about standing and why these court cases, that's one of the biggest arguments that the left likes to bring up. Well, they lost all their court cases. None of that worked. It was all bullshit. You don't understand. If they'd had a case, it would have moved forward in the courts. First of all, I know the DOJ personally, the way it operates, and I believe that it's weaponized. I believe that they they, they violate their own laws. They eavesdrop on uh, uh attorney client privilege communications they do all sorts of things to win cases because let's face it who has a 96 percent success rate in anything they do they've got a 96 percent conviction rate uh, a, a simple mathematician would tell you that you can't get a 96 percent conviction rate without cheating so tell us about the court cases and standing and you know why okay. you know so the media the media says oh well 60 court cases were rejected. I mean, I love it when some of my friends who suffer from Trump, well, they're not my friends anymore, but they're from Trump derangement syndrome. Um, and, well, I believe the media, they said 60. 57 of the cases were never even looked at because the people that filed them did not have standing. And standing means that they had to show that they had been injured. It had impacted them in one way or another. And so my understanding is that only three related even to the Trump campaign, and he lost two and won one. But the fact that the media continually repeats that but they have no idea what they're saying. It's the line that they created and they just keep on parroting it back and forth, back mm -hmm. and forth. Makes it hard to convert people. George, I guess you got a couple more questions from the listeners for her. We got not only from the listeners, but we have a couple other things I want to touch on. But well, let me get this question in. Um, Dr. Jan. If, when you said that Biden is not in charge because of the U.S. being a bankrupt corporation, then who is in charge of running our republic? Well, but you're saying republic and frankly, the military. Trump put them in charge and he's our commander in chief. And gotcha. Sounds good. 100%. Lance, let's touch up. Uh, let's touch base on it. Uh, I want to touch base on about Gina Haspel, Germany, Italy, Skydal. Well, yeah, you're, you're moving into areas that I, I can nod my head and I've read the same thing and I've heard the same thing. But once again, Nothing. because especially because people are trusting my word, I'm not going to go there because I don't know it for a fact. Okay. Yeah. So That's for the good. listeners, just without, just so we can clear that, because we're having this discussion because the three of us know what we're talking about. But for the listeners, what we're talking about is Italy Gate. And I'll give you my I want to play the video. You want to play the video real quick? I have it. Yeah, go ahead. Lance, why not? All right. Go ahead. Why not? I, Professor Alfio Durso, lawyer of Via Vittoria Emanuele Catania, do hereby provide the following affidavit 
of facts as conveyed in several meetings with the high-level Army Security Services official. Arturo Delia, former head of the IT department of Leonardo Espia, has been charged by the public prosecutor of Naples for technology data manipulation and implantation of viruses in the main computers of Leonardo Spa in December 2020. Under instruction and direction of U.S. persons working from the U.S. Embassy in Rome, undertook the operation to switch data from the U.S. election of 3rd November 2020 from significant margin of victory from Donald Trump to Joe Biden in a number of states where Joe Biden was losing the vote totals. Defendant states that he was working in Pescara facility of Leonardo Spa and utilized military-grade cyber warfare encryption capabilities to transmit switched votes via military satellite of Fushino Tower to Frankfurt, Germany. The defendant swears that the data in some cases may have been switched to represent more than total voters registered. The defendant states he is willing to testify to all individuals and entities involved in the switching of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden when he shall be in total protection from himself and his family. Defendant states he has secured in an undisclosed location the backup of the original data and data switched upon instruction to provide evidence at court in this matter. I hereby declare and swear the above state's facts have been stated in my presence. Dated 60 November of January 2021 at Rome, Italy. So, interesting video. It's got to do with Italy Gate. I understand uh, Dr. Halper's trepidation because it's a complicated story. Uh, it's the story that got me actually suspended from Twitter around one, two minutes and 46 seconds after Donald Trump. <laughs> I watched my account get that. I got it back, but uh, that's what happened then. Um, Maria Zach and I came out with that story, but here's the complexity of it. The most recent story that's come out about the election fraud system was FirstNet, the 911 backbone, the Ericsson backbone that was used that actually took care of the air gap that was in question. A lot of people said the machines were connected to the internet. George saw it firsthand in his own voting district that they were connected. He's seen it more than once. Um, these, this air gap is fulfilled by FirstNet. I believe the Leonardo Spa satellite was the backup plan that in fact, when the FirstNet system became overwhelmed by the amount of votes that were getting processed, the Leonardo Spa satellite was used as a secondary backup and a guarantee. That's my take on it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drag Dr. Halper down this road because this story, because when you start talking about Gina Haspel, this head of the CIA and a firefight that happened, you have to start talking about Skydle, Smart Matic. You bring in MI6, which supposedly supplied the passports to the individuals that were going in and out of the U.S. Embassy. I actually have photos and video of them coming in and out of the embassy that I was supplied by Italian Secret Service. So it's a complicated story for the listeners. At one, some point, we're going to go down that rabbit hole. I don't know that it's tonight. George, go ahead. You, you have something to say, I can tell. No, no, I was just reading messages. But, you know, here, here's a question. I mean, let's just take it a step back. 
Here's a question from one of our um, viewers. Dr. Jan, what do you think of sovereign citizens and people getting rid of their citizenship to become a state national? Well, I know some people are interested in doing that. Um, and I understand everything behind it uh, because they don't want to be, let me say it this way, is that basically our social security number was used as collateral for the cabal and they want to separate themselves from that. Okay. That, um, that is Lance, the correct take on it. Cause we got, we we got like six minutes left. Uh, Dr. Jan, I have it on um, little birdie. Trump might be watching tonight. You have anything that you want to say to him? Oh, thank mm. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for being the warrior that you are. Without you, uh, well, I, I don't think our country would have at least had a chance to experience how great it can be, and for us to have an image of how it will be great again. I, you're just amazing that you put up with everything on behalf of the American people. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you, Donald God, Trump. God bless him so for everything he's let, done. So let, we're talking about when Trump presents all this election evidence and proves that the election was actually stolen. He was a rightful winner, which we all know. But if that executive order then takes into um, effect in that sense, all of Biden's nominees should actually be overturned and thrown out. Exactly. Like judici judicial mm -hmm. nominee, SCOTUS nominee, right? They should all... They should be. And in fact, I've been told that any, any of the laws and policies they put in will be reversed as well. That's correct. They would I'm be hoping reversed. I reversed. Going back to a republic. Ab initio. Yeah, it goes all the way back to the beginning. And it's interesting. There's an investigation going on that I think hinges on what you just said, Dr. Uh, Jan. Uh, and and there, it's being proven all over the country that both state, there are so many state and federal employees that have never fulfilled the, the written legal obligation for a signed oath of office and the affidavit that's supposed to go along with it. There are, including Kamala Harris and others, that don't have any oath of office on file, which would indicate they're just, uh, they're impersonating a government or public official uh, and a lot of people argue that the reason that's going on, and I don't know if you know anything about this topic, but the reason that's going on is because it would keep them out of the scope of treason and sedition. Oh, by that's not signing that off. Yeah, okay. there's a there's a group investigating it right now, and they've literally applied for hundreds of them, and they're getting back responses for defective and non-existent oath of offices for all levels of government across the country, and especially in D.C. Interesting, right? Very so anyway, let's close it up here and just say, listen, first of all, God bless you for coming on the show. Thank you so very much. Uh, I enjoyed. We're going to have to have you back. But listen, incredible amount of information you provided. Stay in the fight. And I, I like to use the saying, stay frosty. You know that you know what that means. Stay frosty, Doctor Jan. That's, we want you. We want yes. to keep you here. And we want you to help us when we can. George, you want to take us out? But let me, let me say, is there something you want to say to our listeners about what? Thing. 
What does the future hold, Dr. Jan? You want to give our listeners one positive statement, one God-given statement you could tell them to, to stay positive? Uh, one, get rid of your expectations and the fantasy in your mind of how you think this is going to play out and pay attention to everything that is happening and just connect the dots. Our expectations is what caused our hopium depressions. I think that's great advice. George, last words for the listeners. Um, well, last word for Dr. Jan for tonight. Thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Jan. We appreciate everything you're doing, all the insight information you're giving to us. A lot of people been waiting to hear a lot of things you said. You've given a lot. A lot of people, a lot of hope and something to look forward to. But on the instance with uh, Biden and everything going back, since everything's going to be turned out, I'll also like to get a refund for all the inflation money, tax increases, <laughs> everything that I paid. I think, yeah, how about I think we're entitled to it. gas money I paid, the extra right. gas, the double price. It's expensive, get a man. refund, Dr. Jan? <laughs> Look, I just, I just say God bless those who are fighting on our behalf that we don't know about but we appreciate them. And the other thing that I would say is that the more we all come from gratitude and not expectation, gratitude is the highest spiritual form. And that way, if we're all thinking that, that energy is gonna go towards them and maybe get us there a little faster. God Thank bless you. God, so, country, family, the tip of the spear. God wins always. Thank so you for I having to, me. You're welcome. Thank you for um, gracing us with your presence and your wisdom. So I want to thank all our listeners. Um, Dr. Jan AZ, three presenter, a.k.a. His name is Rich. He's with the Big Mig, one of us. He wanted to say thank you, too. Um, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe button on Rumble. It's free. It don't cost you nothing. Thank you to all our um, donations from all the people. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, Lance Miliaccio. Just type George Ballantine, you'll find us. The Big Meg on all. And then, most importantly, Dr. Jan Hopper Hayes. You put her name in, her accounts will come up too. Yeah, follow her. She needs the support. Spread the word. Spread what yeah. she's telling you guys. We have to get everybody on board. Unify America. I'm oh, going to post way. an incredible article on 1871 that someone did an incredible amount of research on. It's fabulous. I will post Do that on my Twitter tomorrow. And Great. Dr. Jen, uh, on behalf of Lance, I, Rich, and the Big Mig family, um, we would like to welcome you to now the Big Mig Mafia. <laughs> but remember this, now that you're now in, you, you can't, can't leave. leave. Oh, no. <laughs> now you can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, man. Take right. God bless out, everybody. We're gonna okay. see you guys Thank later. You Have guys. a good night. Thank you, Dr. Jan.
you are in danger. They are watching you. Big Brother, Big Tech, and hardened criminals too. Today, everyone is being tracked, then profiled, analyzed, and your information used against you, sold to the highest bidder, or just outright stolen. Even worse, the coming AI state, artificial intelligence, is now watching you like never before. Without privacy, you have no freedom. Every patriot, every American citizen believes we are a government of the people and by the people, not the other way around. So the time to act is now. Reclaim your right to privacy with Alias ID. Learn more at aliasid.com and try these powerful and proven tools that deliver dependable results backed by our $1 million privacy protection guarantee against data breach. It's all yours, risk-free for 45 days. You have nothing to lose but a lifetime of privacy and freedom to regain until Big Brother and Big Tech changes for the better and forever. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling go anywhere my pillows with the same temperature regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of my pillow. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two Go Anywhere MyPillows, regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now.